Hot takes or toast. Brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. <laughs> Question of the day. <laughs> what does it say about the Jazz having lost two in a row? The postgame question you will never hear in a walk-off interview. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Take it to the bank. Go out to Wendover. See if you can find that on the board down in Mesquite. Not happening. Doesn't happen on national broadcast because they always talk to a player off the winning team. They let the loser team go off to the locker room and, you know, throw socks or something. I don't know, whatever. Get mad. And then on the local broadcast, what does it say is reserved for victories? It usually. Only what, is it, what does it say about the Houston Rockets? If you lost 44, you lost 49 games. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see Fertitta's really, really, he's never been happier. He's never been more encouraged with the way things are going. Really loves his GM and his coach. <laughs> Threw that out. As they lost for the 44th time in 49 games. But that's not the question. But PK yeah. could not help but put that on the question. That was funny. When I saw it, I giggled. I couldn't help it. I only did it for you. Thank you. I appreciate you for it. Actually, our, our listeners got into it, too. What does it say about the Jazz having lost two in a row? And Justin says, says they're missing two starting guards. Wes says they need Mitchell and Conley back. Thomas, they need uh, Mitchell and Conley. But our opponents have had more to play for as well. That's an interesting thought. Do the Blazers have more to play for getting to five than the Jazz have to play for getting to one? To an extent, I can agree with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily have any problem with that. That line of thinking, the more desperate team, the more sense of urgency is going to. Uh, but what are you saying as far as that goes? I mean, I get the point, but are you saying when you acknowledge that that the other team is going to play harder. See, that's where I have a little bit of a problem then because you should be giving as much as you can give. And so if you say, well, clearly the last two games, which is one of the ones they lost, obviously, that the Warriors and the Blazers have more to play for than the Jazz. But once you introduce that concept, then you're acknowledging and admitting that your team or the other team is not playing as hard as they can, and that's a little bothersome. Now, as hard as you can, that varies. When they come out, when Jazz come out in game one uh, next Saturday or Sunday, there's no reason why they're not playing extremely hard because they would have had an entire week off, Mm -hmm. so they should be fully rested. And In the NBA, when these games are coming at you, uh, you may not have 100% to give, like Portland, if Portland just were gassed for some reason uh, after last night versus tonight. So their 100% could be lower tonight than their 100% was last night. And I understand that. So I could live with that. But if you're saying that the Jazz didn't play as hard as they are capable of playing, knowing that that capability is fluid from night to night, depending on injury, sickness, fatigue, Whatever it might be, whatever the reasons are, back-to-back, yada, yada. So I do have a little bit of a problem with that. But I do agree that the other two teams had much more at stake than the Jazz had and have. I didn't think playing hard was the problem in that game. That isn't something I would have gone to first, second, even third, or fourth on the list. 
I think that if you don't play hard against Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, they'll give you 40 or 50, especially when they're feeling it. Oh, you mean individually? I mean individually, yeah. Damian Lillard's Cullen's going for 50. Okay, so I overstated it there. And and I can't allow that. Damian Lillard's going for 40. And I thought that they hit – Rudy said in the postgame, and I had to edit posts last night, and and Rudy says, you know, they hit tough shots. And so you need the pictures, ideally – to match the words. I'm thinking, how quickly, because of the 7.30 game, I didn't have much time to add. I said, how quickly am I going to find them hitting tough shots? I thought, I'm going to the second quarter because that's where the Blazers scored the most points. Well, Carmelo the most Anthony baskets. hit some, too. And the first three shots I went to, I thought the defense was pretty good on all of them, and I put them on the air. I thought the defense was right there. Now, I think where you – I don't think it's a playing hard issue. You know, if you want to go to one basket that everybody I wasn't remember, saying that they didn't play hard. Right. Right before halftime, it's like they shut off mentally. They did. They got a bucket with a yeah. second left. So I view that more as it wasn't a physical effort and you weren't trying. It was a mental focus. You're like, yes, we got that last second hoop we needed to make it, was, it a one-point game. And you let down. You let down. for You turn off for one second. They throw a 60-foot pass, and they get a bucket. Yeah, McCollum took off. He went deep. He did not shut off. No. He's like, we got one option. I got to go deep. Yeah, that was great. It's a great pass, and obviously, yeah. once you got the shot, you think, oh, uh, it's going in. Yeah. He's a good shooter, yeah. and he got squared up, and it was just a basic yeah. 15-footer, sure enough. And it gave him a little bit of a boost. That's one little play. I understand all that. So, I, I, I wouldn't go crazy on this because I do think, you know, Portland, when those two guys are on, they're tough. That's why we were talking about Dan Shelton yesterday, that I was saying that Portland's a good team, and they're a scary team, and they can win any series – that they play. They're, they're not going to win three to get to the NBA Finals, but any first, second round, I'm not shocked right. if they win. But they're not putting together four in a row winning at all. No, I wouldn't think so. Right. Because any given time, when you have two stars like that, and then Carmelo pitched in, and the other guys did yeah. okay, but it was mainly those three, and then you on the other side, you're shorthanded, and you're not hitting. I mean, Trent Forrest, one, from not, one for nine. Yeah. They, there's no need to get lost in the forest. Bada-bing. See what I did there? Yeah. Can you, you see the bing. forest for want? the trees? Yach is now stacking cliches on top of cliches. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for the kid because it's like – and, you know, you want to tell him, well, you ought to go at the hoop. Well, he went at the hoop, and he missed a layup, and he missed a tip. I was going to say, he still, I mean, he still missed a hoop. Could well, not he's buy doing a bucket. Told. They're told oh, absolutely. To shoot that three. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, he did go to the hoop, too. It's not that he didn't. You know, it just didn't work out. No. Guys, guys don't want to. Jerry Sloan said a long time ago, he's like, man, the worst player with the worst attitude in the whole league, that guy wants to make shots. And they may not yeah. want to rotate on defense or rebound or run the floor, but they want to make shots. Yeah, so you had your top-end role player, Bogdanovich, not shooting well, and then you had your bottom-end role player, Trent Forrest, not shooting well, and among others. And so you had Portland shooting well. And Portland, you could tell Portland was amped up for that game because they do have an opportunity to get fifth. And that's the play-in has nothing to do with that. They would want to be in the fifth spot. Avoid no the Clippers, what. get the Nuggets. Play the Nuggets. There's no question. That's yeah. a major advantage. Yeah. And so they, I expect uh, Portland to give Phoenix a tough game tonight, even though they did play back-to-back. Well, they have enough to finish it. The end is in sight for <clears throat> yeah. them, and they know they can get uh, a few days off because it's not just the one and two seeds 
who get the time off. Top six. Yeah, and the one and two seeds don't know who they play, and I don't want to hear how that's a major disadvantage. I mean, come on. We've built this play-in to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> is that You can't help but go the other way. <laughs> Betty White was born before sliced bread. Betty White's 99. Right. So we, was, haven't had a, we haven't had sliced bread for 100 years. Was Clint Eastwood born before sliced bread? Clint Eastwood sliced the bread with his teeth, so he didn't need it to be sliced. Clint's 90. He ripped it. So, in fact, he ordered loaves full. Just so he could tear it apart, <laughs> because that made his day. Oh, nice! That was good. That was good. <laughs> so, uh, Alice, everyone started doing Eastwood lines. Let's go. Let's just get completely distracted. Oh, shut up and get off my lawn. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice poll. <laughs> so, I don't want to hear that this is a big disadvantage because the playing people played. As you finish one. The one seed, the, the, actually for the Lakers, man, because it starts Tuesday, right? I don't know that they play Tuesday. I don't. They haven't made it clear if the East or the West is starting right, Tuesday, right. and they maybe. They'll, I think they'll. I think they're going to be offset by a day. You would think. And so I think they're waiting to see if they get the Lakers and the Warriors. If I were them, I try to play that on a day there's only one game, so it could start earlier, so people on the East Coast are more likely to watch. Well. So, if you're a fan, you'd watch either way, but uh, I get it if you're starting if you're, at, if it, at 30, 11 o'clock yeah, back east, it's right. harder. It's hard. Uh, to, you could yeah. stay up for the start, but you, you know, yeah. you gotta, if you've got to be at work at 6 in the morning, <laughs> you're not going to watch yeah. an NBA game until Or if you've got to be the track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the track. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of my time at the track growing up. Two, two different uh, states. So uh, that actually could be a big advantage for the Lakers I, I just don't know that the Lakers are desperately trying to avoid that because go ahead, win a game, and then you get two teams that have really not proven a lot, either one of them, the Suns or the Jazz, and plus you get three, four days off. <laughs> so <laughs> all you got to do is win that game, and the Lakers all of a sudden, they're going to look pretty, which I stated the other day. If the Lakers go to the finals – uh, so much for, oh, that was really so, devaluing the, the, regular the regular season. The regular season was so dramatic and yeah. blah, 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 blah. No, okay, we just, thought it was. Just get in. But, yeah, that's all that matters. And then get your guys back. You schlubs so can play these games. Uh, and then we'll take over, and we'll see if that happens. But from the Jazz perspective, uh, you know, I still think if they win these next two games, they'll get the number one seed, and then they can rest and, and then you have to see about the status of the other two. Because if the status of the other two are in doubt, both of them, it's going to be difficult. I think if one can come back, particularly if Mitchell can come back, because I think they've been very much used to playing without Conley and no knock against him. He's a nice player and you want him on there. But if I had to choose between the two, Conley himself would probably say uh, that Mitchell is more important. He's more dynamic. Yeah. yeah. All right, you're going to – you're going to hear in the background now they're getting ready to start the golf tournament, so it'll get a little loud. That's all right, man. That just shows we're on the scene. There we are. We're at Cedar Hills Golf we're Club. Si- sitting in some uh, hermetically sealed studio. No, we're out and about. We're with the people, man. And the people are getting ready to golf to benefit the Dyslexia Center It's a beautiful day out here. I've golfed Cedar Hills many times. The first hole, I'm sure, Yak, you probably have done it. 
the first hole. One of the craziest starting holes uh, in all the it's state. It's a drop of about 5,000 feet. It's just like <laughs> okay. straight downhill. <laughs> that may be a little <laughs> excessive, but it's a good couple hundred, I would guess. It. Oh, easy yeah. couple hundred. If not, I mean, it it could be snowing on the first tee and yep. be 80 degrees in the fairway. It's, it's a good point, but you, you tee <laughs> off and you hit that ball and it just seems to hang in the air forever because it has to drop so far. Yes. Uh, yeah, I have a funny story that I could share. Uh, at uh, Cedar Hills once. It's sort of racy. Is it about the first hole? No. Oh. We love racy stories, so go ahead. Should I do it? Why not? We only got two minutes left in the segment. Is it a long story or does that fit? Uh, I can make it. All right. So I was playing with another couple, and the other, my wife was with us, and the couple were friends of ours and our friends, and the uh, woman that's probably around hole uh, six, seven. And she dropped just an unbelievable putt with, like, multiple breaks. And it was incredible. At least 40, 50 feet uphill, blah, blah, blah. So the thing goes in. So she does a Brandy Chastain, mm-hmm. whips off the shirt, has the sports bra underneath, and is running around the green waving the shirt. Well, and we're laughing. Yeah. Adjacent the green, going in the opposite direction, going east to west, because we're going west to east, there is the uh, tee box from like the third or fourth hole. Mm-hmm. And on that tee box were like three 12 year old boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Now, this is Utah County, mind you. Right. <laughs> this is my home turf, gentlemen. A lot of thoughts, but I don't know how many uh, opportunities they've had to see that. And they were with a, a dad who, of course, was probably an ecclesiastical leader <laughs> uh, because it was in the middle of the afternoon, so that meant he was an entrepreneur. Uh, if he had any connection to BYU football, then you know darn well he was an ecclesiastical leader. Uh, they seemed to... Well, Alpine and Highland, <laughs> I mean, that's... That's where XBOU football players go to live. <laughs> yes. So their eyes got really uh, wide, and that made it even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> All off the 50-foot double-breaking putt. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It was an unbelievable putt. Yeah, one of those you hit. Best putt of her life, and she's not going to make another one of those for a while. Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just an incredible roll, and I was shocked. I could have had a hundred balls, and I probably don't don't put one in. No, I mean it was un- it was just one of those shots you just hit, and somehow it goes in, and it's way out there. So she did that, and we all had a good chuckle. All right, DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Joe Ingles coming up later this morning. He'll be here about nine o'clock at ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone.